Monday morning, August 21st, 2023. I am at Joel Pearl, and no, it's not Jeremy Lambert's birthday, but uh, he's just doing his best Tim Man impersonation. It's, it's the, the ground's birthday, Joel. It literally says that in my headline. Happy birthday to the ground. I'm wearing my hat to celebrate the ground's birthday. So happy birthday to the ground. This is a reference to Friday's show, everybody, where we did we talked about Lonely Island for a second. And now I've brought this bit around to Monday because I'm a lyrical genius. And I am just here to say I'm not a part of your system. Fair. And also, my dad's not a cell phone. <laughs> that song rules so much. So, so much. It's a, I'll just throw that on and uh, just jam out to it in the car. And then anytime I want to throw stuff to the, on the ground, just reference that song. Don't want to be... Can I say the, the, the tasing part within the first five minutes? Or is that going to get us demonetized? I don't remember the tasing part. Tasing on, on the, the hole, Joel. Oh, on the butthole? You're fine. Yeah. Just Can you say it. butthole in the first? Well, we just did. We're going to find out. <laughs> well, let's address. I got to take this off. It doesn't fit well with my, my headphones here. That's fair. Let's address the big news coming out of collision that I can't say this word. Eaten buttholes. <laughs> my guys, the Iron Savages and Jack Jameson Ryan going, you know, they're talking about the guns, the guns have, they're, they're referred to something else. This is a conversation. We, we got to kill time for five minutes so I can start talking about these words. I, and otherwise, I'm going to get us demonetized. So Wait, we got three on, minutes on, to kill. Hold on, hold on. You got three. You're like, you got, you're like, I got three minutes to kill. I'm like, we got two hours to kill. We got to well, figure out how to do that. We do. We do have to kill two hours. We can talk a lot about uh, your time at, at uh, SmackDown on Friday, Joel. That seemed like a jolly grand time with old Edge getting a victory. And then, you know, his, his last match on his contract, and, but his contract's not up till September. Talk about that. I don't remember what else happened on SmackDown. Uh, what else hey, happened on SmackDown, Joel? They had the tag match between Bianca and Charlotte. Right, yeah. And they took on... Uh, Bailey and EO Sky. That's right. And then yeah. Bailey uh, and EO attacked uh, Bianca after after the the match, and maybe rode her off television for a little bit. So she's going to yeah. come back in a three piece suit, <laughs> aligned with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. That'd be sweet, honestly. I don't uh, hate it. I was saying that at SummerSlam. I was like, the writer offered two weeks to come back in a really, really nice suit that she made. For it, for it. Uh, Paul Heyman was there. The USO. Uh, is going to be back next week. Not the one who quit. The other one, Jimmy. Jimmy will be back next week. Um, he was at Impact, and he got photoshopped. Or he didn't, but Jay and Solo got photoshopped out. boy. <laughs> I respect that by Trinity. Keeping uh, kayfabe alive. I told you, Jay's got to show up at Impact and be like, your husband's being an edge. And tell him to knock it off. That's a good save with a minute and 10 until you can really say words. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, Ella J is scheduled to join us. Is she still uh, for 10, 10, 15 or 10, 30? 10, 15. She, she messaged me. She said everything. We still good. I said, yes, I sent her the link. Wonderful. So as far as I know, and this was, you know, four minutes ago. So unless things have changed in four minutes, she should be here in about 
10 minutes boom internet's out who knows uh she's gonna be joining us in a couple minutes because she attended the new japan all-star junior festival and impact in new japan multiverse to united uh in philadelphia this past weekend so we'll have uh, a nice long chat about that because those shows were were very fun i got a chance to roll back and watch a little bit of that as well but uh, ella of course they're live so she'll have a lot of uh a lot of experiential things to say and they're looking forward to that but yeah smackdown uh overall it was it was a good show it was a packed house like it was i if it wasn't a legitimate sellout it was extremely close to it i will say that uh to the point where we were sitting one section over from the hard camera and that's normally where we'll end up sitting like it's where wwe sits us or it's where if you buy eating ass joel let's talk about eating ass we're past the five minute mark I'm so tired. Why are we doing this today? <laughs> My guys, the Iron Savages and Jack Jameson Ryan taking on the guns, the guns and Juice Robinson and the Iron Savages, like the ass. And he goes, You're like, that's what he likes to do. He's going to come everywhere. That's what he said. These dudes are the best. Shout out to the Iron Savages and Jack Jameson Ryan, who we spoke to. Unfortunately, we talked to Jack Jameson on the spotlight last week before they were going to start eating the ass this week. Now we got to get him. We got to get, we got to get uh, my guy, my guy, Jack Jameson back on, on this show or spotlight or something to talk about eating ass. That's what we got to discuss. That's what the people want to talk about. Why are they mad at me in the chat? I'm getting messages from the wife. Of like, what is happening? All I hear is echoing through the house, eating ass, echoing. I, you know, they do this. They do this. <laughs> LJ is here. They do this. I was about to say it's the worst possible thing to introduce her, but I'm gonna not do it. <laughs> they they do they do this on national television. Everybody's like, this is hilarious. This is the greatest thing ever. But I bring this up. On a non-wrestling show, by the way. I bring this up on FMC because the MILF Manor, they talk about the eating ass of well, and everybody's mad at me. Everyone's like, Jeremy, no, you can't talk about that. What is happening? But they go, ah, blah, 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 on AEW Collision, and everyone's like, this is great. This is awesome. Ha, ha, ha. The Iron Savages are my favorite. They maximize their television time. But God forbid I mention this on a wrestling show or a non-wrestling show. Double standards, everybody. Double standards. Just because the Iron Savages, clearly, they sip in the savage sauce, baby. Jack Jameson, I hear you. They sip in the savage sauce just because they're eating everything and they're big bulking boys. And I don't eat anything, clearly. Look at me. But I want to talk about the eating of the ass. There's the double standard here. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Are you trying to say the savage sauce is the is butt juice? I mean, we could we could ask Jameson. You, he says you got to sip the savage sauce. I'll you can't it. you can't you can't gulp it. You can't just down it, shotgun <laughs> it, or anything. You can't do any of that. You got to sip it only. That's what he told us. Ella's just sitting in the back, just <laughs> absolutely questioning all of her life choices right now. I'm just watching and loving every minute of this. Uh, by the way, since you're here, leave a thumbs up on the video. After that, you probably should because that was. That was a rant or a tirade or I don't know what that was, but it was tirade rant. No, this, this is this Promotional is a, a plea, a plea 
let Jeremy talk about eating ass. That's the plea Good. here. <laughs> I'm looking at our private chat too. It's great. Uh, and also go ahead and subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbook. We're, we're, gonna, we're going places, especially as we continue to talk about what we're talking about. All right. <laughs> Women and men find you a man or a woman who is as enthusiastic as I am about ass eating. All right. You know, from SE Scoops, Russell's home, Wrestling Inc. in a lot of places. I don't know if you know her for the thing we were just talking about. Probably not. She's begging off. No, no. Oh, God. <laughs> she, she was at New Japan All-Star Junior Festival and Impact and New Japan's Multiverse United 2 this past weekend in Philadelphia. The one, the only, my run sheet pal, Ella J, is here. Hi, Ella J. It's too early to be talking about eating ass and me and Joel are still like half asleep, Jeremy. Never. <laughs> never too early. I've been up since 6 o'clock. I've, I've, I've been I'm on coffee. I drink two times caffeine coffee as it is. No, it's never too early to discuss the important things of life. I mean, there could be worse things, I suppose. How are you, Ella? How was your weekend in Philadelphia? It's been great, but I'm also tired because we were out singing karaoke last night. So it's been fun. Karaoke? What was yeah. it? This is the real scoop here. Yeah. 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 What, what was what, what was karaoke jam? songs? Um, I sang If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys. And then I was also out with a couple of our other friends. And we got a we got the whole bar to sing Metalingus by Alter Bridge. It was awesome. That Shout sounds like a good time. I mean, terrible songs, but sounds like a good time. No, great song. I will not take that disrespect here, Jeremy. <laughs> what did what did Kate sing? Um, Kate was not there. I was there with Howard. Alex. I was our Kate, my Kate. Um, she says hi, by the way. We were making fun of you yesterday. What? I know. Um, I was there with Alex, Queen of the Ring. Samira was also there and a couple of other people. Wait, what okay, was what Alex did Samira song? sing? Oh, there we go. What were the other songs? She, she sang something by ABBA. I don't remember. It, it's, it's a blackout. And then um, Alex sang um, one of Tiffany's songs. Um, Oh my gosh, I'm literally blanking right now. <laughs> Wait, does, Tiffany has like one song. Yeah, that it's that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, now I got to look it up because I know that she's, I think we're alone now. I think we're all alone right now. Yeah, that's, that's the one. one. Yeah. yeah. There doesn't seem to be anyone around. Anyway, yeah. uh, that sounds like a fun, that sounds like a fun time. Yeah. Next time uh, I'm with y'all, I'm going to go not sing karaoke but i'll video it all and just that's fine it. you can j- just sit there and drink and dance that's fine that's fine we'll do that uh so it sounds like you had a good weekend in philly are you are you still there yes i'm here till tomorrow my goodness tomorrow what the mm-hmm. hell's going on today get to chill out it's not often i get to go on a wrestling trip and actually have a day to chill out so my goodness lucky you and i don't I know, know. What I'm- What's that like? Uh, let, let's right. talk. About, I know, right? Let's let's talk about it. So you were uh, you, you're in Philly. You were at uh, the New Japan shows and the Impact show last night uh, with New Japan. So I was actually only at Multiverse. I was not right. at New Japan on um, we're Saturday. Wow. Wow. We're done. I did tell Jeremy that ahead of time. So and Jeremy didn't tell me. He literally just said Ella J at ten fifteen on Monday. I know Mike yeah. Bailey won the whole won the whole thing. So my God, I mean, as he should. Yeah. But uh, all right, fine. We're going to move to uh, to multiverse. Go ahead, Jeremy, <laughs> since you know everything. Uh, what stood out to you at, at multiverse? Very hard hitting questions here. What's the hard hitting questions? 
I just what stood out to you at multiverse? Oh, what was what, what the, stood the out? Thing? Um, yes. obviously, like Julia, there was um, oh my gosh, that that women's match. It was a weird placement on the card. Like third was a little weird. Um, but that was so amazing. Julia was so over with the crowd. The the little girl. I don't know if you guys saw it during her entrance. We started yeah. um a battling virtuosa and Julia chance. We started women's wrestling chance. That match was. Honestly, so, so good. Um, and then I saw videos going around that there was um, a Four Horsewomen tribute, which I didn't even notice, but that was a fun spot. Giselle and Deanna's Spanish Fly was good. Um, it was cool because I don't really get to see New Japan. I'm not really one who um, will really go out of my way to watch New Japan, so it's kind of cool to be immersed into something that I don't watch a lot. Um, and it was kind of not, not eye-opening, but like definitely really exciting to see. I saw that uh, Giselle got herself real beat up in that match, too. Yeah, I was talking to her after the show. She got her busted lip. Um, she had a, her, her boob got messed up. Her arm got messed up. Yeah, that was a real that was a real battle. That was really cool. Momokogo was really over, too, with the crowd. Um, it, was, it was such a fun match, that one, for sure. I think that was what everybody was kind of looking forward to on the show the most. Maybe outside yeah. of... Uh, Alex Shelley, Hiroshi Tanahashi, yeah. since that was a main event, but regardless, like Julia coming to coming to America and yeah. having her her first match here, and I mean you could just see it from the entrance alone, like the the star presence she has, and then yeah, I thought that was the best match on the show, honestly. And the horsewoman tribute that that Ella was talking about, I didn't know it either, but of course, you know, wrestling fans are gonna gif yeah. everything and remember everything. It was the uh, spear spot. Where Giselle hit the the spear, was aiming for Diana. Diana moved, hit the spear on Julia, and then they did kind of a wheelbarrow. Um, I forget the the name of the move. Uh, basically, the code breaker wheelbarrow yeah. code breaker on a uh, Mama. Uh, Diana hit the code breaker mm-hmm. on her. So, but the four horsemen women did that in their NXT four way. Yeah, I saw that clip this morning. I didn't even put two and two together. I just thought there was a lot of cool spots in that match. And then obviously Julia retaining. I hope we get Julia and Deanna one-on-one sometime. I think uh, Deanna definitely excels through the forbidden. I mean, she excels in general, but especially through the forbidden door. Um, that I think that was definitely match of the night for me. Yeah, I'm wondering now because Julia's got some... Uh... She's got some some time to kill here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, Deanna, Deanna has a big match on Sunday next week. So we'll see what comes out of that and if Julia makes another another impact appearance or if one of them go over to a New Japan show. Because the, uh, the Oct- it's October for Las Vegas, isn't it, Jeremy? The Strong Show? For, for what? For New Japan Strong. They're coming to Vegas. Is that October? Sure. I don't know the new Japan schedule that well, Joel. Well, you should. You're, you write the news. You are literally uh, the news writer. Uh, I mean, I can't remember what New Japan announces, but sure. We'll, we'll pretend it's October. I'll look it up. Well, either way, uh, it'd be nice to see Julia back there uh, and, and do that. What, uh, what else stood out on this card? I mean, you saw Shelly and Tanahashi. How was, uh, how was that experience? Because Tana still trying to go at his age. Again, I'm not one who watches New Japan a lot, so it was cool that they did like New Japan rules. They said like 60 minute time limit. I thought it was going to go a while. I know it went just under 20. Um, so I mean, okay, so that match was good. I don't think it was the best match on the card, but it was definitely still exciting to see like Tanahashi wrestling against Alex Shelley, you know. Um, so I think that they brought it, um, but I don't think it was on the same level as the women's match, or I would even say, um, Leo and Trey's match. And then 
Speedball and Takahashi, I think was really, it might've been like second best match of the night, like storytelling wise too. Um, it was, it was a good main event. Um, definitely like dream match for a lot of people. Um, it was, again, it was a new kind of experience for me to see. I, I've seen some of the new Japan rules, but to see it in person was a whole other experience. I felt like it kind of ended a little too soon though, to be honest. Um, I, even I say that it was like 19 minutes long, I think. Um, but I think they could have gone another 10, but I know that show was long anyways. It was like four and a half hours, including pre-show. Um, but I, I did enjoy the main event. So Joel, the new Japan show in Las Vegas is October 28th. And also Julia, uh, she, she tweeted, she does want to come back to America. I'm pretty sure she's headed back to Japan. So she posted a picture of herself on a plane saying, Arrivederci, America. My God, she's she's not going to go to to Atlanta. No, no. Yeah, Redmond Survivors has it. She'll be back in Japan next weekend. She's in the five star Grand right. Prix, mm-hmm. so she has a stardom commitment. So will not be hanging around America. But she did say in her post match promo that she wants to come back to America. So at some point we might see her. I, I hope she does. She was amazing. Yeah, uh, I assume people in the chat are saying that like she's going to probably get the bag by somebody if that's her her goal uh if she wants to be in aw or WWE, maybe she just likes being in japan you know make the trip over and and we'll see what her future holds but she'll she'll definitely have her options based on based on her stardom work and then what we saw last night uh at multiverse as well her uh work, did sorry i was gonna say her work speaks for itself at 100 yeah. does the, the i think the one concern if she were to come to uh north america is that her english is almost non-existent and so that's something that she might have to, that, that, that's a hurdle to overcome. It's not impossible whether she learns it or just pairs herself with someone who speaks it. Mm-hmm. And, and there's an opportunity there. Traditionally, WWE with Japanese only speaking talent, it's, a, it's very dicey. So I, I'd love to see her back. I really hope that, to, that she does come back. But as to where she winds up, uh, that's so up in the air. It's crazy. We'll see what happens. Uh, the the street fight between Sammy Callahan and Doki. Um, uh, who said Ryan in the chat that the the ladders were not gimmicked? Uh, can you discuss how not gimmicked the ladders were in that? Um, and you might be talking about the All Star Junior Festival, the Philly Cheesesteak ladder match as well. Um, but apparently the gimmick, the ladders were not very gimmicked at the show, and they looked like they hurt. Yeah, I, I mean, you could definitely hear, like, I mean, being there in person, it's more amplified, but it definitely felt like they were not gimmicked, like it was an actual, like, South Philly street fight. It definitely had that vibe. What's, uh, what, what was the hardest, uh, the hardest thing you heard from that match, like, shot-wise? Oh, I don't know. There was there was a lot of spots in that match. It might have been the, it might have been the ladder, but there was just there was a lot going on, and also like I was running around everywhere, so I didn't hear everything throughout that show. Um, but I, I just in general, I think there was a lot of stuff that you could like. There was a lot. There was a lot of things. I don't think I can pinpoint just one, to be honest. Seeing Hiroshi Tanahashi live, we've had comments from past guests who did not like his hair, which I do not support. Matt from Shining Wizards, bearing his hair. Just the awe of seeing Hiroshi Tanahashi live, because that's one guy that I've never seen that I really want to. 
that that was really fun seeing Hiroshi Tanahashi live. Um, even again, I'm not the biggest New Japan fan, but I know that name and I know that uh, there's a legendary resume behind that. Um, and getting to see a different like style of wrestling, it's kind of like mix of high flying and like strong style and like hard hitting too. Um, so it, again, it was really cool for me to kind of immerse myself firsthand. I haven't really gotten to see many of those except when they would collaborate with Ring of Honor couple of years ago for like global wars and stuff like that um so again it was a cool kind of really immersive experience for me anyways especially let's uh let's shift gears for a second josh alexander this was his first match <laughs> back from injury yeah uh talk to me about it how 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 did he look how did it sound? Were people excited? Josh was super over. Like, I don't know if it came across, but we were chanting walking weapon, like almost the whole match. I feel like, um, I, I think that match was what 14 minutes. It's hard to do that. Like to what I personally, that was one of my favorite matches on the card. Cause there was so much stuff going on, so much high flying stuff. Um, but like Josh being back, I feel like that's a good way to slowly ease him back in where he doesn't have to wrestle them though. Like the whole match, you know, he can do a few spots. Josh was super over. I also didn't expect him to come back this soon, so I'm glad I got to see his first match back. Um, I feel like it slowly eases him into it. Um, I wish they had a little bit more time because, again, it was a 12-man tag in, like, 14 minutes um, to, to get some other people some more spots. But I think for what they did, for me, I enjoyed all of the high-flying action and seeing Josh back in action, too. Did you like seeing PCO put his uh, life on the line at every opportunity? You know, it's PCO. It's just a trend now. You know, it's not the worst he's ever done, though. He didn't staple his mouth. His mouth didn't get stapled shut. So to be fair, last night was pretty tame for PCO. Just saying. That's a good point. That's a good point. It, it looked like a fun match. But it was. yeah, I, I was a little surprised that uh, Josh's team didn't get the win. But you think about it, Bullet Club is the, the actual yeah. cohesive unit here yeah. versus a, a bunch of people you know, thrown together and do a team. So it, it sounds like it was a fun match and, and it's good to see Josh Alexander back. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I want to know what Josh, I assume he's going to maybe come for Shelly. How, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, Steve Macklin is also cleared. So you have like two former champs, like on the horizon, like maybe eyeing a shot at Alex Shelley. Um, so yeah, that moon, <laughs> Ryan saying that moon song. Yeah, some of the, I mean, some of the spots, you know, when they're high flying, some of them are going to be the best. But I, I really enjoyed that. Um, like high flying, there was a bunch of spots in there. I enjoyed it personally. Was it the PCO salt? Is that what he's talking about? I think so. Yeah, PCO can't. Here's the thing about PCO. He cannot do a moonsault, but he does a really good job of pretending to be a guy yeah. who can do a moonsault because he doesn't. He doesn't not land it. He just like flips at the last second. His he's got it's got a weird form. He's in his fifties too, so like the man can only do so much. He nails it. The only thing that he cares about is not his body. Fair. <laughs> Um, as, as someone who, who doesn't watch uh, a lot of New Japan, like you said, who from the, the kind of the guy side, since we, we talked a lot Ooh. about Bowman, who from the guy side like stood out like, oh, I'm interested in, in him, maybe looking looking more into his resume. I think um, Takahashi um, in, in Mike Bailey. I know that um, Mike Bailey won um, a title shot for the Junior Heavyweight Championship, and then Leo challenged Takahashi after. So that's going to be kind of interesting to see. I I, I think I was maybe just because I enjoyed that match too, but like the dynamic there, they had a good story built into that too, especially considering Mike Bailey just won twenty four hours before. Um, I, I think I became a Takahashi fan. 
Um, so I think I'm going to check out more of that. And I know that there'll be follow-up, so I can I have stuff to look forward to with that, I think. Yes, Hiromu is one of those guys where this goes to anybody. If you've not seen uh, past Hiromu matches, he's one of the, the greatest super juniors of, of all time. In, in New Japan, and yeah, if he ends up, I assume he'll wrestle Bailey at some point, he'll wrestle Leo at some yeah. point, maybe a triple threat match, but Charisma off the charts, he said he wanted to um, defend the title in AEW, oh, I think he, he's a perfect television guy, he's toned down his style a little bit over the years due to injuries, he used to just be an absolute madman, and he's yeah. still kind of a madman, uh, but it's been a little bit toned down through through neck injuries, but yeah, Charisma, just off the charts, um, yeah, Takahashi for anybody out there should yeah, go check him out. Yeah, go I, go go go, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was gonna say it's kind of like the same thing that Will Osprey is going through right now because he talked about a few months ago he's what twenty nine turning thirty soon or twenty eight turning twenty nine, um, and how he's kind of gonna planning on toning down his style a little bit because of all the injuries and stuff, and he's not even thirty yet, so um, it seems to be a, a little bit of a, a theme. Smart to kind of tone down your stuff to increase the longevity of your career. Hiromo had really a uh, bad neck injury of ah. many, many years ago at this point. It feels like a few years ago, but it was against uh, Dragon Lee. And it was basically, it was a power bomb and like toss him backwards and it landed right on his neck and uh, put him out of action for, for a while off of that. But yeah, uh, go back. There, there's a couple of classic matches between Hiromo and Dragon Lee that are, that are really good if uh, anybody wants to go back and watch those. Was there anything at the show that uh, like stood out to you as something you didn't expect to see or that like just kind of took you by surprise being there live versus maybe watching on TV? Hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know if it was by surprise, but I thought it was really cool how they had um, my good friend Alyssa Marina was doing like ring announcing for the American. And then they had the Japanese ring announcing that for me, again, I don't, I don't hear that a lot. So that was really cool to hear like side by side for the impact people. And then the, the Japanese stars getting their entrances, their introductions kind of side by side, depending on the match. So I think that for me was cool to hear live. I've seen it on like live streams and stuff, but it was like, a, a cool experience because that's like what they're they're used to in their language. So I think that for me was also cool to see kind of something really um, smaller, but for me, it was like cool to hear live. I think kind of that um, not new language, but I don't hear it at the shows that I go to. You have to go on the West coast for those new Japan shows. Yeah. I live on the East coast, which is like 3000 miles away. Unfortunately, you gotta make the, you gotta make the flight now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving away from, from multiverse, let's just talk about Philadelphia. Philadelphia is kind of a hotbed right now. WrestleMania is coming, and they've already broken a bunch of sales and everything. Yeah. Are you are you planning to go to WrestleMania? Yes, I am. Like so many, we met a couple people at um, the karaoke place last night, and the wrestling fans too. We were all talking about it, about getting our stuff, and now how a lot of hotels are like already like booked up. So like I've heard you need to like book your stuff now. So which is insane, but I. I'm, yeah, I'm super excited to be back. Um, today's really my day. I get to explore some stuff um, after this. So I'm going to see what's around here. And it seems like things are a lot closer together compared to what I heard about California, L.A. Um, so I know a lot of people have been telling me that like it's going to be a much easier commute in between things. Um, so I'm excited to be back. I'm planning to be there in April. Um, it's an easy 45-minute flight for me. So I don't see why I wouldn't go. <laughs> 
Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a really, really fun time, especially, like you said, things are a little bit closer together. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, for anyone who's running events uh, non-WWE related, or even the WWE stuff that's not running at the the stadium, uh, it'll be easier to get to versus like a long commute, stuck in traffic, LA, or even outside of LA. It's, it's a different experience, for sure. It's like the... Four. Yeah, go ahead. 2300 was really cool. I didn't get to go into the Ben's bathroom to see that, but just being in 2300 and knowing that that history was also, that was also my first time ever there. So that was another really cool, like, Oh my gosh, I'm like here at the 2300 arena. I'm not from around here, but for me, that was like kind of a big deal. So that was another kind of cool layer to this trip too. That's where everyone's going to run Mania Weekend. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Arena is wrestling all day. Um, what do you have planned for today in Philadelphia? And are you going to get a cheesesteak? Or have you had a cheesesteak? Um, I have not. I have not yet. Wow. Um, I'm thinking wow. we might go to the Rocky Steps. Um, I have an interview later on today, so I have to come back and do that. Can you um, tell us who? Um, the Inspiration. So, oh, oh, that's very nice. um, so that'll be fun. Even when I'm not working, I'm working, but it's fun. Um, today we don't, I mean, we're going to hang out. We met some people at a karaoke at the karaoke bar last night that have a restaurant. So we're going to go have happy hour there and then watch raw, um, tonight there. We don't really have concrete plans though, but I definitely want to go to the Rocky steps. Giselle Shaw told me I have to go there. So I'm, I'm going to go there. Yeah. Every, everyone took photos there. It's got yeah. you like got to be place. Yeah, so I the rest were just kind of up in the air, just going to be kind of spontaneous today. Don't really have concrete plans, to be honest. Well, you have to have a cheesesteak. I will. And then based on your other food reviews, I assume you're not going to like it. And, but oh we God. need a LJ reviews, uh, a Philly cheesesteak on some type of content, whether you just post it on Twitter or you do an actual video. This, this is the content we need. I've had I haven't had an authentic Philly cheesesteak. I've had one for at home, but it wasn't the authentic kind. I did like the one at home, but I haven't had the authentic ones yet. I got to get the authentic one. Get all the onions and the peppers. And oh, I don't do peppers. I can't. I don't do spice. Joel can vouch this. I don't do spice. I can't. Just remember. Just remember. It's either Pat's or Gino's and you can't pick one or the other. You got to You got to pick one. Okay. You got to stand by it. What do you prefer? Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the one you go to is the one I will not prefer. Of course. <laughs> Ryan says fan. neither. But what's the what's the best if you if you're in the chat and you've had a, a cheesesteak in Philadelphia? Because I have I have not. Um or if I have it was a long time ago and I don't remember. What what's the best place, people in the chat? Once upon a time, while the chat's getting this, there was this place in Toronto called I Went to Philly, and their gimmick was authentic philly cheesesteaks and it was actually really good and then they expanded they opened a second location and it was never never good again and they've since closed down but this place that was the that was the best that's where you wanted to go nowhere in philadelphia you wanted to go to i went to philly louise says go to subway which rolls get a cheesesteak at subway. <laughs> i mean you can uh and a shock says lorenzo's uh, so there you go hmm. I don't. I don't know where what you're around, but have a cheesesteak. Give us a review. We need. We need to know this. Honestly, go go to Subway and get it. Subway, I might. That would be funny. They're cut. They're they're doing fresh meats now. They is it, is it Lorenzo's Pizza or is it? Oh, yeah, Lorenzo. Lorenzo's Lorenzo's or is it Lorenzo and Sons Pizza? Oh no, because oh, there's two different boy. ones. Now you got to oh, take the chances. 
Ryan says uh, Steve's Witch gets good reviews. Mm-hmm. So he does Tony Luke's. That's by the stadium. So there you go. Oh, okay. Okay. And Bob McGee says, ask a, ask our friends, your, your new friends that you met at the karaoke bar, where they go, yeah, their true. numerous neighborhoods take places. So there you go. Let us know where you go. Okay. Get a cheesesteak and, and give us the, the LJ food review. We are going to lunch. We don't know where. So know where we're going yet. So it might be for a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, you're getting cheesesteaks and then you're going to talk to the inspiration about it. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yes. Talk to them about Philly cheesesteaks. They've no. been to Philadelphia. I'm sure they'll have. Not about that, though. He'll have funny, plenty of Philly hot takes. Let him, let him oh sound off. Oh, my God. I'm giving you interview fodder. I just talked to Matt Taven yesterday, and he wanted to talk about Toronto. So here we are. There you go. There you go. Uh, Ella, thank you for joining us. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your day out in Philadelphia, and let everybody know what you got coming up and where they can find you at. Um, I, I don't know. I just have a lot of work coming up. Once I get back, I'm just going to get right back into it. You can follow me. I, I refuse to say X or refer to it as that. You can follow me on Twitter at it's Ella J. The link in my bio has all my podcasts and projects and writing and all that fun stuff. I'm going to enjoy Philly in the meantime, besides that one interview that I have later, but thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Ella. Enjoy enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. There you go, everybody. The great Ella J, who fortunately had to be backstage for the early part of that conversation, but we made the most out of it actually getting to talk some wrestling and multiverse and uh, a little bit of All-Star Junior Festival as well. Joel, where, where do we go from here? Do we go back to the important topic of the day? Eating ass? Yeah, Ryan says it. And now back to ass. <laughs> Ella, Ella, just to pull the curtain back, she was still backstage for like a solid minute as like we kind of just wrap this up. I want to be like, you want to bring her back for ass eating content or are we just gonna, <laughs> we're just going to leave this going? I don't want to play the guest in awkward positions. Like oh, that. really? I'll tell, what, I'll tell you what, though. I will do this. I will send this to uh, our pal, Jack Jameson, and I will... See if he will join us and talk about the ass eating. Okay. I'm going to send this to, to my guy, Jack Jameson right now, and we'll see if he's uh, available to uh, discuss this. Send your ass eating super chats. Any <laughs> question, any amount. We'll get your statement right on the air. Not your question. Oh, we question. If you have questions about it, sure. We can, we can try and find a way to do it, but just send us money if we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Jeremy, what next? You got a vamp, Joel. I'm trying to write this message. To Jack <laughs> this message. All right, so uh, let's. Uh, so, so I'll continue about SmackDown real quick because I got rudely cut off by someone who wanted to talk about the topic of the day. Apparently, uh, and yeah, it was the SmackDown experience was good. Full, full, full house. Uh, there were there were people sitting in sections I've never seen sat in for a WWE televised event, which was really cool. Uh, the suites were open up on the top row, which was different. It seems like the suites uh, are are not a hundred percent open in the like middle section. They're I guess they're revamping them for the for the new season for the NHL and the NBA, so that's nice. But yeah, the show was the show was good. Opened up with the Grayson Waller effect, which uh, was entertaining because LA Knight was super duper over. People were so jacked to see him. Uh, promo was fine. The match with Austin Theory was kind of as expected. The loss wasn't the the loss was the right call in terms of the audience reaction. Um, 
I don't like that they're going to now put the LA Knights behind the eight ball for everything. They're going to keep doing that to him. I don't like that if that's where they're going. But the reaction of the crowd was good. You got to go through adversity. Right. That's, that's, well, that's what they did to Bianca Belair, too. They're the adversity of her bad knee. They got to work over her bad adversarial knee. So, either way, match with Austin Theory was the, the match itself was good. Again, Theory knows how to wrestle. So, it was a good match. Uh, it was just, yeah, the outcome was it took the wind out of the sails of people, but I think it did the right thing to start. It's probably going to be a triple threat to, to do that. It's going to be Theory, LA Knight. And Rey Mysterio at one point, maybe as early as Payback. And uh, I'm sure Austin Theory does uh, eat uh, the the food of the day. So <laughs> Now, I think Austin Theory gets a, a clean match against Rey Mysterio at, at Payback. because, And I think we, we do Miz and LA Knight because that's the feud is, is Miz and LA oh, Knight yeah. right now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Miz did come down for, for commentary for that match. Uh, people were just kind of like not paying attention at that point but there was some he distracted stuff. me he distracted yeah. la night that's why la night lost yeah yeah. no i, I get that and again it, it, it took the wind out of the sails because it was more theory losing or sorry theory winning more than it was Miz costing la night the match i think right. that's kind of got people in the crowd yeah uh but i think theory gets his one-on-one match and he does the whole like uh, i can i can beat you i'm ready i'm prepared you know last time i got thrown into it because I was thought I was facing Escobar and then you got the match last minute, a uh, whole type of deal. So that's, that's fine. Isn't our uh, Ray and theory Ray's very good theories there. And then uh, we get, um, yeah, probably LA Knight and, and the Miz, which we'll see. That, that should be a fine professional wrestling match. And I don't know if it's going to go much beyond that. Uh, we'll be safe for all. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which again, fine. We'll be no safe. With that. Yeah. This isn't. We're not. We're not playing with broken glass on a Saturday here. Should more wrestlers should do that? It's true. Being honest, glass, yeah, true. Uh, I, I do agree that that's probably where they're going to go for payback. Here, now that I think about it, uh, the the Escobar Ray match though, does that turn happen by Survivor Series? You do that. In I think people people just always want to turn, and I don't think this turn is coming anytime soon. The LWO stuff is still doing pretty well i think they do have good plans for escobar obviously you can generate a lot of heat on ray by turning on ray but i i think they're gonna keep this going a little bit longer survivor series maybe maybe because that's not till november but i don't think it's gonna come before then i know people are like oh he might turn tonight the way he's talking it's like man maybe people are just like friends and support each other like is that I know that's a weird concept in wrestling, but you know, Santos Escobar is just happy for his friend. And maybe Escobar wants like a singles match and that finally happens and they do a singles match and Ray wins or Escobar wins or whatever, but then they're still friends afterwards. Like there's nothing wrong with that either. Like there doesn't have to be a term. Yeah, I agree. And and again, that's why I was saying if it's going to happen, then Survivor Series would be where I'd put it. But yeah, you can you can just be friends. Look at what's going on in NXT with uh, with Trick and Mello, right? It, Trick was just like, you're the champ. I'm going to go be my own man. Santos can do something like that, too, because Ray is a legacy superstar, has that title right now. And he can just, you know, Santos can be like, you know what? I'm going to go grab a partner. We're going to go become the tag tag, the tag champions or something else. I don't know what. He's not going to go after Roman. But, like, there's some place where Escobar can go to continue establishing his name and be friends with Ray. But I think the turn will come by Survivor Series. I, I could see it there. 
Look, if they're only in the bottom of the third of this bloodline stuff, I think that uh, a bloodline LWO feud, whatever is left of the bloodline, is actually kind of good business. I know we've seen Roman and Ray and Dominic was part of that, and we got that great moment where Roman just tossed Dominic into outer space uh, because they were in the pandemic, and and we did like the the Hell in a Cell match as well with Ray. Uh, that was a thing. Um, that, that happened, but I think you can do kind of a LWO and, and Bloodline kind of short few, depending on how long Bloodline actually goes goes for. Uh, but you know, there's the two families and everything. We probably get a banger, uh, Roman and Santos Escobar match. That'd be a lot of fun. And even Ray and Roman doing that again is always a lot of fun. They've wrestled at live events because Ray is fantastic at playing the underneath role, and Roman is fantastic at being the bully. So it's it's a very simple story that again, they told during the pandemic. But there was no crowd. You can kind of tell it again now. They're re- just rehashing everything they did in the pandemic anyway with the bloodline. So you might as well just go back to Ray and Roman. That's right. Tis the season. Now that the season includes people live in the audience, let's start involving them. So it's it's different. We don't Now we get to see how the crowd really feels instead of the 2K20 crowd. I think the crowd, I mean, the crowd by all metrics feels very strongly about uh, Bloodbond right now. And I think they feel pretty strongly about Rey Mysterio. So I, I think that'll, that would be a hit if they decided to do it. Are you still a fan of Rey having captured the U.S. title instead of Santos? I'm a fan of anybody but but theory. So yes, that's a valid point. But but just just to put perspective on it, you know, you've got Ray, who who is that legacy star and and is always really really good at this. And Santos Escobar, who is on the ascent, um, he's still relatively young. He's doing really he's doing everything right by all accounts in terms of like putting himself out there, the way that he wrestles, the way that he conducts himself in public. Um, he seems to be on the right path. But would you get it? Would you give him that opportunity sooner than later? Or do you think he's just in the right spot where he is right now? Santos Escobar is young, maybe in WWE years. He is 39. He is not young. Yeah, no, he's a baby in WWE years. Yeah, in in WWE years, like it's fine when like all their biggest stars are like over 40. And he hasn't been on like WWE television super, super long. He's obviously been in NXT for a little while. Um, but, But like main roster, this is his first like big run on the main roster. I think at some point he'll probably get it, but I'm, I'm fine with Ray Mysterio having it. It's an easier story to tell with Ray. Uh, it's always hilarious that, you know, for decades they've been trying to figure out who is the next great Ray Mysterio. And in the end, the next great Ray Mysterio is just, Rey Mysterio because the man does not slow down and still has the kind of connection with the crowd that he has. Yeah, and and again, it was um it was very clear that the crowd was into both Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar in Toronto, so there's it's good. It, there's kind of like that association together is going to help both men and Rey doesn't need help, but it's nice to have the quote-unquote younger wrestler teaming up with with Rey Mysterio right now. So I, I like it. I get. I I do if they're going to branch out Santos Escobar as a heel, do it a little bit down the line. Really, really let that play out for a little bit longer. Uh, speaking of which, Street Profits come out. They got huge pop. Um, they face the OC. The OC who are basically just there at this point. They're there to be AJ Styles' best buddies backstage. They're really just there to be AJ's travel buddies and just 
besties. I get it. It's fine. But uh, Profits come out. They're wearing new gear. They look good. Had a, a quick match. Beat them. Beat the OC. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do Lashley and the Profits versus the OC and, and AJ. Fine by me. You can add a fourth if you add Bianca Belair to that. And then we can add Michin. I don't think we're going to go there. But uh, this this was fine. It It's really just proving that the Street Profits are are different, but they're not heels yet. But the OC are also very much like straddling that line. They're not baby faces. They're not heels. They're just kind of physically present. Uh, I don't know. How, how do you feel about Street Profits? Because again, looked good. Presentation is similar, but a little bit different. Bobby Lashley came out afterwards and just kind of, you know, raised their hands and did the celebration with them. I like the pairing between Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Yeah, like you said, like they're not fully heels at least not yet they need to do maybe something a little bit dastardly before we go down that rain and like the oc aren't really heels either a trios match between those two teams probably be really great so we we shall see where this goes i do like the street profits you know what who cares about all this joel pearl who cares let's get to it we got him we got my guy Jack Jameson here to talk about the greatest spot of all time. The ass eating, baby. Woo, let's go. How you doing, buddy? Man, that blew up, huh? (laughs) It blew up this morning, too. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, it's going off this morning. Man, he's been getting nonstop. Ah, Who would have thought that the best thing that happened is somebody eating ass on live TV? Jameson's walking. Jim and his audio is so terrible. Man. He's gonna sit down and then, and then we're gonna be back. So the we yeah, we're waiting for you. We're waiting for your service. As long as we can hear you, it, it's it's fine. I the, we, we know you look great, Jameson. We got the music now. It's gone. <laughs> Oh, I was so excited for this. And then Jameson, as for people who don't know, every time Jameson joins us, uh, there's some type of tech issue on one end or the other uh, way. Because usually it's a four-person interview. Uh, it was Diamond Chic in, in the past, and it was uh, Black Italian Stallion th- this past week. But there's always a tech issue. So hopefully Jameson can pop back on after he gets some halfway decent service there. <laughs> Bless this man for coming on and be willing to talk about this. All right, here we go. Let's. He's, he's outside now. Exactly. All right. All right. All right. So this blew up. Yeah. You look great. Look great. Sound great. So so yes. This this blows up. What is your reaction to when I you mean, see it another, first? <laughs> it's just another day in the life of a savage. You know, it's nothing out of the ordinary there. So, All right, uh, you part of, the, part of the part of the meal plan, I think. Okay, I, so <laughs> hey, hey, listen, it's not it's dirty bulk Bronson for a reason, you know. <laughs> so we're talking low carb. It's a, it's a good. There's there's some good iron in there. <laughs> there's something in there. <laughs> is that part of the savage sauce? Like, it, does ass go well with uh, savage sauce? This is this has been getting asked a lot lately. We're uh, don't worry about what's in the savage sauce. Just if you get a chance to sip it, sip it. Just it'll help you with your workouts. It'll help you in the bedroom. It'll help you in the gym. It'll help you everywhere. It'll help you in life. It'll give you a little more confidence. What's in it doesn't matter. It's how it makes you feel. It's I'm not, not FDA approved. It's not FDA approved. <laughs> Don't ask if it's healthy. It's it's just it's gonna give you the things that you need to get shit done. I have some friends who might want to know if it's kosher. Is it is it at least kosher? 
It's kosher. It's kosher. Okay. Okay. That that gets that gets some stuff out of the what it could or couldn't yeah. be. So that's yeah. Good. It's also actually vegan. We're not. There's Ve- no. It's all inclusive. It's all inclusive. Everybody can drink it. My God, Sip I'm it. a big Sip fan. <laughs> I'm not worried. Well, that's about how you that. maximize profits. It's about business first. <laughs> That's right. I'm not worried about what's in it, Jameson. I want to know what to pair it with, you know, like a fine wine, right? You pair a fine wine with this kind of steak. Do you pair the savage sauce with ass? This is all I'm asking. I mean, I don't. But <laughs> I'm not a dirty bulker. I eat pretty clean, you know. That's We all have our roles to play, and uh, that happens to be Bronson's role. That's fair. I mean, look at you. You're 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 a jacked. You're a very good shaped guy. You got to be. It is it right. is jacked Jameson for a reason. It's not Jack Jameson, which no. seems to be an issue. It's not Jet Jameson, which I've heard a few times. I don't know where you get Jet from. I'm not very fast. <laughs> I I went with Jacked. I know who you are, so that works. <laughs> not you, Arnold Pumpinator, Flex Luger. Oh, yeah, come on. There's so, many, there's so there's so many names that you can choose from. How do you get it wrong? You know. Uh, how are you feeling at, after after the match? It was your, your first match all on Collision. You were in the corner the week before, and we talked to you. And then now you actually got in there with the, the Ass Boys and, and Juice Robinson, Ass Juice, as I assume they've been called. Uh, how are you feeling? See, that's, we're facing Ass Juice, and people are hung up on the fact about the fucking, you know. I feel pretty good. I mean, my knee, uh, you know, I've had some knee issues in the past. I wear the brace. I got tossed over to the floor like a big sack of shit. Kind of hurt my knee there. That's, you know, but uh, got up, missed my timing on the diving clothesline there. Juice was able to get underneath me and then kicked me in the face and hit me with that Juice's Loose DDT. And, uh, you know, we're getting opportunities. We haven't been able to take full advantage. We had back-to-back title matches for the World Six-Man Tag Team titles on Ring of Honor. The following week, the uh, the boys had a tag team title match against Aussie Open. Last week or two weeks ago, we were on collision against the Acclaimed in a tag match, and then this match, we're getting big opportunities. Uh, you know, we're still new together as a trio, so uh, some of the issues is on me and my lack of experience. But we're getting there. We're putting the pieces together. And we keep getting these big opportunities, and eventually we're going to get it together. The people are starting to get behind us. We had sip the sauce chants going. We had beef chants going, beef cake chants going. I think a couple people were chanting, eat that ass. You know, people are getting behind the gimmick, you know. We're, we're here for it. Uh, it is real life, you know. I've, I've always been the gym guy, BGU, rocking. And those two, uh, those two big savages, Beefcake Boulder and Dirty Bulk Bronson, they've been powerhouses since day one. Nothing's new for them other than the gear that we wear. We need the ass-eating shirts. I've, I've, I've helped create AEW shirts before, so I might be able I, to pull this off. I don't think that'll get approved. <laughs> it might. You never know. They approve a lot of stuff over there when it comes to T-shirts. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Hold on. Let's, hold on. Let's put a little let's – let's, let's get this right. Remember that Anna J has a T-shirt that also discusses her backside. Therefore, That's you fair. can use the peach. You can use the peach emoji, and you could probably put something in there. Peaches, yeah, but see, that's, good. that's that's her thing. We can't use the peach. Well, it's already taken. It's a pretty universal <laughs> emoji. I see people walking around with a 100. doesn't mean that they're, you know, 100. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. We're I don't t- know. I'm, personally, personally, that's not the message I want to get out there. Uh, for the Iron Savages, that's not really where I'm trying to go with this. Uh, but, you know, to each their own. 
Sometimes you just got to go with the hot hand. That's all. Hey, that's you just got to go with the flow, I guess. I mean, we we got the sip the savage sauce, sir. Sir, bah, sip the savage sauce shirt. Easy for everybody else to say. Uh, so, yes. so we've got shop, shophonor.com, shophonor.com. Go buy your Iron Savage shirts. Sip the savage sauce, just like the ones they wore on Collision. You too can work out like a savage in our Iron Savage t-shirts. Get them in a tank top so you can go to the gym and show off your new cannons. Uh, we're working on making savage sauce a product. Hopefully sooner oh, rather than later. Let's oh, go. That, that'll, we're, bringing that'll to, we're bringing it to the people. <laughs> Was anything said backstage after that spot of like, eh, can't do that on television? <laughs> K-Fate, brother. <laughs> I gotta ask, you you know, you accused me of uh being being a, one of the, the dirt sheets and looking for all the uh the scoops out there. So you know I gotta you ask. Dirt to, sheet. To this is a fightful podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. You never know. Sometimes as friends of the savages come up and just want to be like, hey, let's talk about uh what let's talk about asking about it. I didn't someone could walk out and be like, I didn't know you were into this. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of people we keep saying uh people reposting clips of him shouting and uh there's a lot of people saying he's me uh whatever <laughs> i don't know if that's a tiktok thing if what i'm him he's me for real for uh, real fr fr i i know i know that this might not be the message you want to get out there uh but i love that you guys are maximizing your your opportunities maximizing your tv time creating these moments uh you know i've, I've known you for was our first interview like at least like a year ago when, uh, when you over a year Sheik. ago because yeah. august was august was our first district show so. there you go so yeah it's it's been over a year now and to to see you go from where you're at then oh. to where you're at now it is a uh, crazy oh no who's taken. oh this is taken. that's how you know you've made it yeah <laughs> it's all gone there Oh, it's just been great to see uh, all your success o- over the past year and seeing you on Collision first as the manager in the Iron Savages and then the, this past week wrestling. I'm just happy for you. I'm proud of you. And uh, I'm, I'm very Thank thankful you, that you decided to jump on this show to talk about this today. I'm sorry for interrupting your workout. Oh, uh, you're good, man. No problem. And this is perfect timing because the savage sauce is kicking in. I'm sweating just sitting here. So. I love it. <laughs> Jameson, let everybody know where they can find you at to support you in the uh, Savages. At Pose Malone on Instagram, at Pose Malone JJ on Twitter, uh, and shophonor.com. Buy the shirt, work out like a savage. And you got us the savage sauce. My God. There you go. Thank you, Jameson. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Thank you. you. Uh, What a great, what a great, great man, Jameson Bryan. This is wild. It's wow. it's hilarious. It's hilarious because again, we talked to him last week on Spotlight, and then he just done the the managerial role uh, against the acclaimed. And now I actually have to rewrite an article because I was going to run an article uh, three o'clock today where he talks about that. And now I'm like, well, this is way more timely than something that happened a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, we, we talked about that, and then now seeing him. You know, on, on collision on Saturday, actually wrestling, and then the the big viral moment that that blew up. Uh, you know, I I appreciate that he was willing to come on and, and do that, as I can send him a link. Literally, the last moment that was not a a planned run in on this show. That was I wanted to talk about ass eating. Wait a minute, you're trying to tell me you're trying to tell me that you didn't message him on Saturday night and be like, Jameson, Jameson, Jameson. Monday, we got to talk about this, and he's just, no, 
tell me when, brother. And but no, that's not how it played out. Absolutely not. This was we got started on this show today, and then it was the topic that came up because nothing else important happened in wrestling this weekend. Clearly, and then I just thought of like, you know what? I I know Jameson well enough to where maybe I could send this and see what happens. And he interrupted his workout for us, Joel. You see how jacked that man is. That's that man it. takes his workouts very important or very very serious. So the fact that he interrupted his workout to speak to us says a lot about him. I'm again, I'm very happy to to see uh to see his growth and and to to see his success over the last year since we we started talking to him on spotlight literal growth too. go back one year and go see oh, how yeah. he looked then and then go see how he looks now and i'm sure there's a there's a difference a mark a positive market difference between his looks then and now and <laughs> <laughs> louis sent a chat super chat saying justify this is ass some chat thank you <laughs> that is perfect if you want to get your super chat in go ahead any questions any amount of questions statement right on the air we appreciate y'all <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, let's let's shift back for a sec. Let's talk Edge and Sheamus. Uh, okay. The match itself was was fantastic. It was fun. Honestly, one of Edge's best matches since he came back. Uh, and I know that I know that since he came back in 2020, a lot of his matches have been either long or plodding or just riddled with issues or pandemic, uh, you know, fighting. But um, this was great. This was. A, a 20 minute 25 minute main event it's a my buddy had messaged me who's not a wrestling fan and was thinking of coming anyway because he was visiting and he's like what's going to be the rundown tonight and i was like i know that edge and Sheamus is probably going to be a 25 minute main event so when they got there at 9 30 i was like perfect this is exactly what they're going to do they've got enough time it's a good tv main event crowd was super hot especially for edge's uh, entrance came out wearing the the blue and the white the maple leafs uh, colors when they did Raw back in October, he came out in the white and red because it was Raw colors and it was also still Canada. So this was his opportunity to be more, you know, for his favorite uh, hockey team. And it was good. It was it was just a fun match. Sheamus hits hard. Edge hits hard. Uh, after the match, Edge, uh, who won, got on and basically said, you know, Sheamus is a mule and he hits like a mule. And it was it was a really, really, really solid match. Beth Phoenix was there with her family. Ron Hutchinson was there, his trainer. Uh, the kids were there. There were okay, so this I do want to point this out. During the uh, the women's tag match, Edge's girls, or at least like Edge's family, in which there were a few young girls sitting in the front row, they were like on their feet loving it. And it was so wholesome because after the match, Bianca and Charlotte like blew them kisses and was just like playing to them because they were having such a good time and they were just on their seats cheering and yelling. It was it was really it was really nice to see. You know, the there were a lot of kids there on Friday night, and I, I think it was a, a really fun match for Edge and Sheamus, uh, a really fun night altogether. But uh, no surprise, Edge wins and then cut a, a very emotional dark match promo. Uh, yeah, it was it was all about Edge was really the, the whole point of Friday night. Everything else that happened was essentially inconsequential, and uh, it, was, it was all about Edge and whether or not this is his last match in WWE or if he's going to re-sign. We don't know. Like you said, he's still contracted till the end of September, he said uh, the next morning in an interview. So the opportunity is there, but also FIFA Select reported that, you know, talking to AEW talent, there's a belief that he could end up in AEW, but he won't have the name Edge, and he probably wouldn't take on sex and hardcastle because that's a little too on the nose what <laughs> i don't know what what do you do with edge does do you, i could also believe in edge being just done for a while he said in that same dark match promo by the way he's like i don't have another year in me 
to come like to come back to Toronto and do this all again. It felt like Edge was really trying to wind down and honestly wouldn't hate it if this was his last match because it was good. And sometimes you just you don't need a big WrestleMania moment. You can just go out on top on TV and look good. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on the, the edge thing uh, now that we've passed the final match mark in WWE, at least? SmackDown was certainly all about edge. There was a bunch of video packages reflecting on, on things. Um, some of it was, was I believe like documentary past kind of interview stuff. And then there were other parts where it was sent in a little, I understand why maybe it couldn't happen, but you know, it would have been nice if we got some updated Christian comments on, on things. Uh, and I understand he's with AEW at the same time with Jericho and Danielson sent in stuff for Cena. So it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility that uh, Christian could send something in for edge. You know, maybe that wasn't even broached because it was kind of a, it was certainly a more low key thing than, than, um, I'm like the, the Danielson celebration or not things, uh, the Cena celebration yeah. and, and things like that. So it was a little bit more low key, like, cause they didn't even have as many talking heads. It was very clear that like, it, I guess it was like during Philadelphia when they were all at the ticket sales, like, it's like, Oh, here's like Cody and Becky and Natalia. Like we we just got them all. They're all here doing media promotion. Anyway, talk about edge type of thing. It was not this big put together over, you know, everybody sent something in type of uh type of deal going on for edge uh but regardless it it was all about him the match was very good honestly maybe my favorite edge match since his return outside of rollins hell in a cell like that match i i really enjoyed i think people know i'm not the the biggest edge fan uh it's not it's a little jokey of how far i take the the hatred with the uh hatred uh with the little bitch type of thing that was that was born because he was being on television a little bitch leading up to wrestlemania with danielson and uh roman reigns so it's it's jokey in that sense um but i i truly like don't have anything like against him um as a performer or a person so but i have not been a a fan of the majority of his work since returning again just from a a performance level because a lot of the matches have been long like that that match against randy orton i understand circumstances but yeah that that one was uh rough talking about the mania match i actually like the uh greatest match of all time probably more than a lot of people And, and i know like it was cut it was uh you know multiple takes or whatever it might be and i understand because when you put that label on it the jokes are immediately going to write themselves if it doesn't live up to it and it's tough to be the greatest match of all time in front of zero people in a performance center but if you just look at that that match as a match i actually think it's really good um so i i maybe encourage people to even even go back and watch it this the stuff with seth was really good uh i i actually really like his his match um a couple months ago the triple threat match with ray and and aj and there's been you know some some disappointing stuff as well i didn't think a lot of the balor stuff was was all that great that didn't hit too well with me uh and then you know he worked with like dominic and those matches happened i i like the mania triple threat so it's been a little hit and miss is what i'm trying to say as far as this this final match yeah i really enjoyed the match him winning is not a surprise, but I do think if because of kind of like how old school Edge is, I thought maybe he would lose 
in that like if this is really it for him maybe he goes out he usually you want to put someone over a little bit younger and like you're trying to build and everything here's the issue with that WWE didn't do a great job following up on that kind of stuff so you're almost better off just putting up an established guy like Sheamus where it's like, all right, Sheamus is made. He's good. You don't really need, you're not expecting this big fall up of like, oh, Sheamus is this big neck superstar here. Like, nah, Sheamus has his role. He's very good at that. Like, you know, let's say he put over Grayson Waller. And I, I do think the future is very bright for Grayson Waller. But you beat Edge, Edge's final match type of thing. You're like, oh, Grayson Waller, he needs the rocket strapped to him now. WWE don't strap the rocket like that so it would have honestly made more sense if he did just lose to uh Sheamus it's like okay yeah Sheamus final match loss I can understand that my personal take on what I think happens next for Edge is he does take time off he's his contract's not up till September so I guess we can throw the all-in theories out the window um he takes time off and I think things kind of get reevaluated in January and that's obviously rumble season and he will see how he's feeling as a potential surprise entrant as the Rumble. Because it's easy to step away during these uh, quote-unquote dead months when there ain't a whole lot going on from SummerSlam to Raw. I know there's Survivor Series, uh, but it, it's that's kind of the lowest on the, the list at this point. So ain't a whole lot going on. Once you get into Rumble Mania season, that's when that itch kind of returns and it's like oh okay i can make a cameo in the rumble i can get that big mania payday let's see where things go from here so i think he's at least done until january and maybe when january rolls around he says to himself like you know what i'm good i don't i don't need to do anything right now but i think the next we kind of hear from edge is probably around january so I'm inclined to agree and and there was something else you said that i that i also was thinking about was the the idea that edge is quite old school in that in the old school you uh you lay down in your last match for somebody you make that person and a few weeks ago if we had run this match back it could have been grayson waller you could have had the you swam kid and then a couple weeks if even if they waited a couple months but obviously time and circumstance you know that that plays a role you could have had grayson waller be like i can swim give me another shot I'll, i'll swim and have him beat Edge, and then that could have been it, or they could have built to something bigger, or maybe it'll be Waller and Edge at WrestleMania. They do a big spot in the Rumble, like you were talking about. Edge comes back in the Rumble, surprises everyone, and you can go back to Waller and just have the blow off there and build to something you know that gets uh, Waller over. Because remember, who was Edge? He was the ultimate opportunist when he was on his ascent. What do they want to make Grayson Waller into? They want to do basically the same thing, but in 2023, he hasn't won money in the bank or anything like that, but he's also still very fresh faced to the main roster. This is an opportunity to kind of be like, you were the guy. I want to be the guy that you became, but I got to start somewhere. I'm not saying the carbon copy is what the answer should be, but there should be certain, certain things, certain parallels drawn between Waller and edge. And I could see those two uh, having a, a good end of edges, at least WWE career feud. Edge and AW, I don't hate it, but I mean, what can you, what what do you really do other than pair him with Christian in some way? Like, I know you could do all the matches and everything, but he can't be Edge legally. Like, his name can't be Edge. That's owned by WWE. Um, does he want to come in and 
become Adam whatever the hell? Like, does he want to be Adam Copeland? Does he want to become Adam Edge? <laughs> like, what, what, what does he want to restart is effectively what you do at that point. People may know the face, but like, at least Christian could be Christian Cage. He owned Christian, I think, or at least he owns Christian Cage. So that was an available name for him. Just, I'm trying to think of other people who came into AEW with uh, a change of name and have been granted a success. I mean, Swerve Strickland was not Swerve Strickland in, in, in NXT. Um, I argue, though, that Swer- th- th- this is the thing. I'm thinking long term. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that. I, yeah. So I was going to kind of point that out as well. Big Show became Paul White, uh, but didn't really wrestle too much. He just had kind of one-off matches. Sting got to stay Sting. Chris Jericho got to stay Chris Jericho. I mean, Dean Ambrose became John Moxley. Um, and he was also known as Moxley for a long time before going to WWE. And yeah, he made, listen, he made his biggest uh, impact in terms of uh, popularity as Dean Ambrose. But I think a lot of people knew the John Moxley name coming out of his uh, exit from WWE. So that's, that's the one thing. It's like Edge, Adam, Adam Copeland has just always been Edge because he's never, he's never moved. He's never left WWE and worked elsewhere. He's always been in the WWE system. So for him to show up and be someone completely different, that's a, that's a big, you know, that's a big bet to make. And also, you know, someone might come into the comments and be like, oh, what's in a name? Uh, but this is, this is a situation where there's a lot in name. And, and also, you don't know how much time you have left uh, to bump because he already left once. He had a crazy few years and then had to retire and then spent almost 10 years out of action to come back and get the second career resurgence. And maybe he's just happy with that. And now he's ready to move on. Just be, you know, dad at home who makes a few appearances now and then to do commentary or cut a promo, put someone over on the microphone instead of in the ring. There's uh, there's other options. A shock mentions uh, Soraya to, you know, from page. Um, yeah. Again, so she was Soraya before she was WWE, but certainly page was the name she, she made in in wwe and and got to change andrade andrade just became andrade el idolo he at least got to keep part of the kind of similar vein of christian like christian he was christian cage in tna but at least he got to keep the christian part of it edge it's one word you can't keep edge uh so yeah you got to kind of change kind of the the whole whole thing there i don't think i'm not too caught up on that i think you could do adam copeland and, and i think it'll it'll be fine um i'm sure you could say formerly known as edge or whatever it might be jim ross is certainly going to call him edge i'm sure even excalibur and other people will probably call him edge as well i'm take away the the name kind of stuff I'm, I'm looking at sort of what is there for him in AEW. the christian thing obviously makes a lot of sense i think that's something both guys kind of want as well uh he's very close with ftr there who helped train him for his comeback i could see him wanting matches against certainly a match against ftr i could see him maybe even even want another match against like the hardys i could see him maybe wanting another match against like jericho uh another or an actual match against uh the young bucks but see i wouldn't i wouldn't put him in the ring with those guys who work that kind of style because i look he's just older it, it that's a tough style to keep up with young bucks and uh and kenny omega i, I know people are always like oh what about working with kenny omega like i i don't know if i'd have him in the ring with kenny omega that just yeah, i don't want to see that 
That's a, that's a tough one. Um, but I could see him wanting to work some like those kind of dream matches, uh, you know, whether or not they make it the offer big enough for him that that remains to be seen. Um, you know, he, when he talked about doing his comeback, he talked to AEW about it. And then it'd be once Vince kind of like, wait a second, you're thinking of coming back. No, we're not doing that. What do you want to do? Okay. You're doing it here type of thing. I think there is a loyalty to WWE in some sense, because for, for a lot of reasons, really the same loyalty that was, if, when you want to compare edge and Christian, the same loyalty that Christian never had because they were on two different planes. Christian what first off left for impact. And when he came back, he became a bigger deal in WWE, but even then he was not treated as big of a deal as edge edge has always been. He's been that hall of famer. He's been that guy who uh, they've put on this pedestal. Like he multiple time world champion. Like he is, he's just been a guy that they put in legend status that they never put Christian in. And so I think there is a little bit of loyalty from edge because they did put him in that stratosphere where you look at a guy, a, guy, a lot of guys who have left uh, WWE and gone to like AEW, like have any of them been at the status that, that Edge has has been at throughout this? Um, you know, Mark Henry was not at the status uh, of an Edge. Big Show wasn't. Like he, they, they, again, they put him as a guy who was like one of the top five of his generation. I think like he is up there with Cena and Orton and we know how much value they have in the pedestal they're put on. Like he's up there with those guys and you don't see a lot of those guys just like leave, honestly. And, and that's true. And I, I'm also thinking about the fact that, you know, they, they had edge and Cena as like, that was their marquee feud for years. And I'm talking, and this is John Cena. This is the guy who was the guy and both edge Cena and, management all trusted each other enough to do what they did for several years and it wasn't always perfect but like there were some moments in those feuds same thing with orton and and edge and they revisited that in 2020 and again yeah it was pandemic and a lot of stuff was uh not for everybody but again there because of that stratospheric mentality that they have among those three talents alone you're right edge might feel some sort of uh of um loyalty to wwe and christian you know famously left wwe went to tna to prove himself to be a main eventer to prove himself to be a draw and not just be edge's counterparts while edge was flourishing in the singles uh, world in wwe christian was having a rough time at that point so he went and got himself into a much better position and good for him the stuff that edge and christian did as a tag team was fantastic and then they did the podcast, and that was also fantastic. The two of them are best friends. Like that is, that's never going to change. In fact, I wish they would bring that damn podcast back because I really enjoyed it, and it was probably the most fun conversations. And honestly, it also brought back like Brian Danielson on that show was like the moment I realized, holy shit, he's gonna come back because they got into a very deep conversations about what Brian was doing, and then Edge was like enthralled with the conversation he's like i'm gonna try that i'm interested in that everything that brian was doing at the time and talking about 
that podcast, like, again, the, the, a lot of what came from that podcast influenced what we're seeing today. And I just hope they do that. That's, that's my sidebar. But the point here is, is, you know, do I see Edge moving, uh, leaving WWE, going to, to AEW? It's going to come down to money. It's going to come down to, okay, again, what does JR say? Cash and creative. Um, and the loyalty in this case. What do we do? What What's the what's the the creative point of bringing in Adam Copeland to AEW? Right. Other than the matches you just mentioned, what are the stories that you tell that aren't just like you're I'm you're jealous of me because I was more successful? Like what 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 can you really draw upon if you have to pick some real life stories to tell out of this, you know, Adam Copeland coming over thing? I know like that that's a big point, the the creative stuff on this. I don't know how much Edge wants to do that on a on a long term kind of basis though like he even said like i don't know if i've got like another gear left in me i think regardless of where he goes it i don't know if he wants to tell stories i don't know if he wants to like make the towns to to show up every week to tell even to even like cut a promo type of thing i i don't know I, I don't know where Edge's head is at on, on any of this. This is all just us like spitballing ideas and everything. Like I, he might just want to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna come in here, and yeah, you'll have to tell a little bit of story because you're gonna cut a promo and you got you got to build the match and everything." But I don't know if he wants to do like this big long term thing. The story might just be, "I'm here. Where's Christian? Let's team. Give us a couple of dream matches. That's it." Same thing if he decides to go back to WWE. It's like, "I'm here. I'm back." This is a guy I want to wrestle. This is a guy I want to wrestle. This is my last run. And I'm going to have the matches that I want in, in these this kind of wind down area. I don't know what's going on through through Edge's head. He, he said it in the interviews of like he he wasn't he wasn't gonna know how he was gonna feel until after the match. Um, you know, we're a couple days removed from the match now. How he's feeling is only he knows, and I assume his family. He's talked. He's talked with them about it a little bit. I. He's going to take time away. He's his contracts. Uh, he says up in in September. Um, you know, and we'll kind of see after that when it comes to. So let's to kind of backtrack to the AEW stuff. Like all in, it was very fun fantasy booking. Oh, he's going to show up. He's going to replace Cash type of thing. That's seemingly out the window here. You're you're missing all out at this point. So the next big pay-per-view is like revolution. If you're edge full gear, do what full, full gear. gear. Yeah. Sorry. 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 I do it too. Uh, I do it too. Yeah. If you're edge, you know, all wins the big show. That's the 80,000 people stadium. You're missing that. You're probably missing Arthur, Arthur Ash, which is I mean, that that's selling how it's selling for, for this year. It, right now they're at like 9,000. Maybe they get a little bit more in there, but regardless, that's a 20,000 seat arena. What's are, what kind of high are you at? Are you chasing here? Do you want to go out there and have a match in front of, let's say, let's say full gear. You're probably getting, uh, that's going to be the, the key of form. That's what 10 to 15, maybe like, do you want to go out there and do that? Or, do you want to rumbles at a stadium? WrestleMania is at a stadium. Is that the high that the, the feeling that you're chasing? AEW is just not running stadium shows. They're running author Ash. That's their kind of stadium staple. And then they, um, they're doing all in, but when's the next all in, can you go back and do all in next year and still do 80,000? I don't know, but 
if you you got guaranteed stadium highs in WWE, and maybe that's what appeals to him instead of, hey, let me go out and do you know a match on Dynamite in front of five to six thousand people. Like you're getting bigger audiences there on Raw and, and SmackDown nowadays too, because those shows are drawing and selling really well. It's all going to come down to to what Edge wants. I don't think money plays as big of a factor. This is a guy who's pretty made when it comes to money, and it's so many short dates that I'm sure the money's good. Hey, give me more money to work less dates. Anybody would take that. Um, but I don't think money plays as big of a factor. I, I think it largely comes down to just what he actually just is at is actually looking for and it might be dream matches it might be being back to to christian it, it might be i, I only want to wrestle in stadiums it might be working with this person or that person um why solid says it it might be a thing that he's done all that he's never done anything outside of the w's yeah people certainly chase that as well as like let me go prove myself outside of wwe i'm gonna jump on that for a second because i so i think why solid has a good point but i'm gonna even throw it to another direction if WWE is about to merge with Endeavor and UFC and they're all going to be under a certain talent agency and Nick Khan really wants to put emphasis on some of these wrestlers, superstars, as they call them, becoming actors or seeing success outside of just WWE, Edge is an actor. Edge has done acting. If that's something that WWE can pitch to them is it's like, yeah, you, you're going to be under a WWE contract, but you're going to have representation from this company that manages talent and manages actors, there's a possibility he comes back for that because that's something that AEW can't formally offer someone like Edge right now or, or any talent for that matter because they're not under uh, an umbrella like that. So that, there's another side of it. Again, if you if he thinks he's done everything he has to do with wrestling, then he can move on and, and do the the acting and then show up once in a while when the wrestling is like the itch is back. You know what I mean? Yeah, people people said like, oh, is AEW attractive because of their relationship with Warner Brothers Discovery? That's benefited AEW in the sense that they're doing Shark Week matches and, and House of Dragon matches and things like that. It hasn't led to a bunch of AEW talent appearing in a bunch of big time movies. MJF is going to be in the Von Erich film, um, but MJF is he's an exception on this like wwe their track record when it comes even with edge edge has been in the the viking show he's in friggin' money plane and all this stuff like that's a great movie everyone great watch movie. Money plane. Yes. um you know he's he's been on that kind of stuff we haven't seen this translate to uh when it comes to aw and warner brothers discovery we haven't seen this translate to a bunch of aw guys just landed a bunch of movie roles and, and things things like that i know cody had the reality show, but that was because they wanted Cody as a reality show. And then they spun that off into AEW as a whole, having a reality show much different than guys getting movie roles and, and things like that. And get WWE's track record. There's more visibility with WWE. I I understand that AEW has a relationship with Warner brothers discovery, but Warner brothers discovery doesn't have a movie division. Uh, I think WWE films is, is still around WWE movies studios. They have some type of, they have something there. Don't they? Or am I completely off base? I don't even know because I I've heard so many interviews with like, from like five years ago with people who worked in WWE studios. I don't know if it's still actively around. Okay. Well, regardless, e- even if it's not, 
uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is not knocking on doors of like, hey, we want to get this AEW person in this film or in this show type of thing. Right now, there's a strike going on anyway. Oh, where- sorry, sorry. Technically, WWE Films and WWE Studios just kind of merged. So okay. like uh, the A&E stuff is considered part of that. So yeah, go ahead. There you go. So like they, they still have that. They don't produce a whole lot, but I think they can kind of sell it off to, to other studios. I don't know how that all that stuff fully works. But regardless, is like they can WWE guys should get more consistent acting roles than in anything we've seen from AEW because largely the visibility is just better. Like, hey, I'm seeing I bring this fan base with me. AEW they ain't got this big fan base with them. It just doesn't happen like that. I just remember they're also doing the Bianca and Montez Ford reality show. Yeah, they they got a reality show. This is a reality show. And apparently there was um, there was something in pre-production with Miz and Maurice called Brawl in the Family. This was a a 2020 thing from a panel. I know, yeah, Maurice mentioned she had pitched and was working on a few things. I didn't quite know what it was called, but it, you, there's more attractiveness when it comes to WWE people going into... Again, Edge has landed these roles as part of the WWE system. Uh, people mentioning Samoa Joe. Yeah, hey, look, Samoa Joe got uh, a voice acting role and then a body acting role because it's Will Arnett's voice in, in Sweet Tooth. Like those are good gigs, but also you don't see his face in either of them. One's a voice acting role. One is again body acting role. And, and also, like I want to know, did uh, did Joe get that himself, or Probably. did he have act? I, that's the thing. I think Joe went out and had his own representation. Whereas it, what I'm talking about is the potential for WWE to say, "Hey, Edge, Adam Copeland, why don't you come back? We have." this representation we have this in-house group that can get you whatever you need to pursue acting or whatever whatever your career spans to next we can help you out with that and i think that's a pretty attractive thing to do for a guy who's been in the business for 25 years in wwe specifically for 25 years wrestling for 30 yeah sometimes you're just done and that's okay sometimes you just want to take a long break and do you know learn a new hold and in this case learn a new line and then come back and then maybe have a match when you get that feeling show up in a royal rumble once in a while that's an easy battle royal to show up in do the spot and bye simple i don't know francis squirrel saying tony storm is going to be in a film soon yeah she's in the the mildred burke film camille is in that as well uh reportedly live morgan and charlotte were supposed to kind of get that roles. Don't know what happened there. Uh, you know, I don't know if WWE stepped in. Some maybe the the studio just decided, hey, let's not use WWE people. Whatever happened there, happened there. Um, but again, Edge, I don't think that uh, he's not going to have issues with that. He does not need to go to AEW just to massage that Warner Brothers uh, of like, hey, can I, I get more acting roles type of things? He's already got ins in Hollywood. He's already been in a movie. So he, he doesn't need to go there just because of a Warner Brothers relationship. I think if Edge goes to AEW, it won't be because of anything Warner Brothers Discovery can offer him. It'll be wrestling and it kind of peer related. Yeah. And I see some of the, I see why Solable saying, you know, WWE's block town opportunities too. Yeah. Listen, it is a double edged sword, but no pun intended. But uh, if he is, if he's someone like Edge and, and he's smart about it and he can 
say like I get to, I get first right of refusal, not you, or we can have a conversation about it. Again, that that's just it's a it's a long game to play when you're when you're being represented. Let's let's also look at opportunities they they've blocked from people they've blocked and compared to Edge's situation. Edge is on the way out. He ain't a full time guy. He doesn't need to be TV weekly. I mean, Drew's doing a movie right now. He's missing television for that. Seth had to miss television for for a movie. Like, yeah, I understand they've blocked opportunities and stuff, but you don't need Edge weekly. When he was not under, I guess he technically wasn't under contract. Um, you know, he was he was doing these these movies and things like that. And it's not a guy that it's like, wait a second, you you got to film something for two months that's going to screw up our entire plans type of deal. Like, he ain't around that much. I don't think I could be wrong. I don't think they would go out of their way to block that of being like, oh, no, Edge, you can't film this movie because we need you for this. And I think Edge would be weary of the schedule as well of like, wait a second, I don't know if I can do those two months. I kind of want to be around for Mania on that. So I'm less concerned about blocking opportunities when it comes to Edge just because of the position he is in compared to other people that they have, uh, I'm sure, blocked opportunities from. Pun was definitely intended. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Uh, yeah. So that, listen, this was this was a really good chat about uh, about Edge. We we obviously have no idea what his future entails. I am I'm happy I got to see that match live. I thought it was really really fun. Uh, and again, he got involved in the dark match. The big news. Uh, outside of the edge stuff was was Kevin Owens came back to uh, to in ring competition. He didn't do a lot. That was the one thing that I noticed, and I was I was talking to Sean about it. So Sean and Fightful Selected reported that uh, the dark match was Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Drew McIntyre versus Imperium after SmackDown. They they advertised it. They ran it as as advertised. Uh, they did a bunch of brawling spots. The finish was oh, Edge came back because they did a, a referee bump spot because for some reason your dark match needs that. Uh, but it was just to bring Edge back and have him play into the finish. They did the Huluva kick, uh, the spear, and then I think uh, there was a KO from uh, there was a, a stunner from KO, and then that was the match. KO didn't do much. He, he really just he did brawling and then did the stunner and that was it if that's all he can do right now sure that's fine for a six-man tag but uh, yeah that was some pretty big news too kevin Owens coming back to in ring competition he worked ottawa or laval last night whichever city they yeah. were in he was there he was working so slowly going back to it that's good news I'm, I'm he worked both nights he worked he worked yeah. saturday live event and sunday live event and that may have just been him being like it's home it's canada it's near home i gotta i want to work i gotta work and if that's the case, that's on Kevin. He wants to do it. But uh, if it's more than that and he's starting to feel like he can work through the pain or he's feeling better, wonderful news. I'm glad to see him back. Glad to see him in the ring. It's good. I hope he has a match at Payback. You know, they're setting up stuff with Judgment Day. I hope they do something. And it might be a six-man tag because uh, that will help kind of protect him a little bit because that's that's what he's working on these live events. It was still six-man tags. They were teaming with uh, McIntyre uh, against Imperium on on the live events. Um Oh, it might be a six-man tag. It's, it's Cody, Kevin, and, and Sammy against uh, Finn, Priest, and Dominic. You can see that play going into Judgment Day. Yeah, that'd be fine with me. Again, I still think that it's uh, War Games at Survivor Series. KO, Sammy, Cody, and there was a four. Oh, I just forgot who it was. I forget who it was, but either way, taking Seth? on the Judgment Day. Seth, yeah, 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 taking on the Judgment Day and uh, J.D. McDonough being part of that. And then that's the official end of Damien Priest in Judgment Day. 
they uh, they kick him out. They screw him. Okay. I could I could see them going that way. That makes sense. It'd be, and it'd be a fun. And again, this is coming back to the whole like, does the bloodline need to be on the card in that case? And that I think that's a monstrous enough main event that you don't need to do. You could do Jimmy and Jay if you really wanted to, or Solo and Jimmy, or Solo and Jay. You can do a, a bloodline non-title affair, and it would still be okay, in my opinion. I, I nah, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Roman's got to be. Feel like Roman got to be on that card somewhere. Then do the four way. You can do the yeah, you can do the bloodline for it, but then you're not headlining with war games. I mean, Roman's got to probably get a headline regardless because he's Roman. Um, yeah, you could have war games open up the show. You, I mean, presumably you're going to do a women's war games as well. Yeah, we, we've talked about this as well, but uh, well, as we get closer to the to the actual Survivor Series chatter, we'll we'll see what comes through. But it feels to me like you'll do one men's, one women's war games, and then yeah, you can do the bloodline four way. Bloodline four way could open up the night for God's sake. Roman ain't having that. He's done it before. That doesn't work for Roman, brother. Brother, brother. When was the last time Roman opened the show? I a pandemic. Uh, uh, it was probably a pandemic show. Yeah, a pandemic show. It ain't opened any time since fans have been back. Someone's got to look that up because I can't tell you for sure. I mean, uh, Roman's ma- match list ain't that long. So it's true. You just go to cage. Well, no, because you go to cage match, but you don't know where in the timeline it was. I mean, my memory is good enough on, on Roman Reigns matches where I can figure <laughs> out the timeline. Because again, there ain't that many friggin' matches to, to go fair. through. That's fair. Here. I um, feel like it was a it was a pandemic match. I probably like the Jimmy Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, the Jimmy yeah. Hell in a Cell match is the last one that I remember that yeah. did not like close close the show. Yeah, um, sorry, I meant Jay Hell in a Cell, but yeah, yeah, everything else was a was a show closer for for Roman, and I imagine it would. I understand why I do stick with that. Yeah. You can open then fine. You know what you can do? Honestly, you open with the, the women's war games. Cause that, that's a hot match. And then you do the men's war games in the middle and then you do the, you know, the, the four way. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so the last time Roman didn't close or close a show and he did actually open a show, Saudi elimination chamber, 2022, uh, him and Goldberg opened the show. That's right. Um, and Will Will Chism, uh, Chism is mentioning the uh, the Royal Rumble versus Seth. That was 2022. Okay, so yeah, that was a month uh, before the the Saudi show. Okay, so there were a couple months where it was like they because they I think they really at the time maybe it was football was on. Either way, there was like a reason to do it. There was definitely like a planned. We need to get well, up here. Okay, one reason for Seth and Roman oh, was, was you ended in it. What? Yeah, that was Brock. Wasn't it? Well, it was the Rumble. Yeah, it was Brock, but also you did a DQ in Seth and Roman. You don't want to close the show on a DQ. Uh, and yeah, the Elimination Chamber was also Brock winning the title. Um, so unless Brock is going to close Survivor Series with a, a big victory, because that's the only thing that takes precedent over Roman Reigns, uh, Roman Reigns ain't, ain't uh, opening no show. That's fine. Uh, you had mentioned with Ella the the Philadelphia the, the, the big WrestleMania, and of course WWE put out the ninety thousand tickets were sold over the two nights. That's a, a new gate record for them, of course, coming on the heels of All In selling over eighty thousand tickets, which is beating the twenty sixteen WrestleMania record in terms of uh, tickets distributed or just attendance to tickets whatever not current gate. styles counted sure is what it was called regardless it's not going to beat the gate for that wrestlemania because that gate is stupid high like 
it was was it like close to 20 million or something ridiculous like that uh thank you brandon thurston wrestlenomics but either way that's uh th- that's not gonna hit it but ninety thousand for wrestlemania so far 45 over two nights let's just say it's just even it out it's good news for an opening wrestlemania sale and uh it's amazing that all in is about to do eighty thousand tickets i was looking because you we were talking about grand slam and the nine thousand tickets that are out right now and i was like they just ran bridgestone and that's a big arena that's a twenty thousand seat nhl nba arena I didn't realize they only set it up for 4,300 people. So they They're, wanted to, but yeah. I don't want to get into a big ticket discussion. People are getting yelled I, at. And that's the thing. I don't want to turn this into a tribalistic AWWE thing. I was just more like, I saw them running Bridgestone and arenas are scalable. TNA ran the Alamo Dome for Christ's sake and they did not fill the Alamo Dome. They were using like 7,500 seats is what they were aiming for. So like my point was really just that it, the arenas are scalable. Arthur Ashe is a big event. They will probably do pretty well as long as they build a better story going into it. Cause I can tell you this much collision this past Saturday was not much for me. Okay. Let's let's, I don't want to talk about tickets. Let's talk about collision. Um, yeah. Cause I think the ticket thing is, is stupid. Um, I just wanted to point out that it's good news. Yes. All of these tickets go out regardless of where it's coming from. And that if you're worried, quote unquote, about, and not you specifically, Jeremy, but if anyone who hears the 9,000 number for, for Arthur Ashe and is like, oh my God, it's going to be a big failure. It's not. There's, there's several weeks until the show. There are so many more stories to tell. I would start, if I'm AEW and I'm, and I'm in a position to worry about my, my wallet, uh, I, a week out, if they're still at 9,000, I'd be worried. But other than that, a lot of tickets sold is a good news. Good, good thing. Yes, uh, all the tickets being sold. Congratulations to everybody. R- yay, wrestling. Watch your wrestling. Yeah. Yes, thank right. you, Tony. Let, let's talk about the stories that are actually happening. So CM Punk and that's Samoa funny. Joe. CM Punk and Samoa Joe is official for All In. Yeah. It's what the is, vampire. <laughs> what is the purpose of this real world title? Because you got Punk coming out here, and now it feels like a friggin' shoot what punk was doing of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I didn't lose this title. Maybe I'll tell everybody what I'm doing it all in by the end of the night. And then three weeks later, we found out what he was doing at all in. And it's Samoa Joe. You got MJF. He's on every show. He ain't addressed this world title. I feel like if you're the real world champion or you're the real world champion, you shouldn't be too thrilled that another guy is going around calling himself, the real world champion. And instead, let me go after the ROH tag titles. I got this match against Adam Cole. Here's CM Punk facing Samoa Joe. Ricky, Ricky Starks, he's whipping people with a belt. Now all of a sudden he can wrestle it all out because it's a 28-day suspension and he's already served half of it where before it was a 30-day suspension and he didn't serve any of it. So now it seems like Ricky's got to match it all out. And it seems like Ricky might face Punk in some type of match at all out. I this real world title thing, something's happening here. And I, I don't know if people are on the same page with this whole thing. It's uh it's a little odd and collision this past week was I've liked collision, not my favorite episode with the squash matches and the um like outside of the ass eating there wasn't nothing important going on on Collision. Dark Collision is what you could call this week. Because there was not much. You're right. It was not 
a very good episode. The 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 Christian and Darby match was solid stuff. Probably the best part of the whole night. But other than yeah, why did you say Christian scored a big win? He, he lost. He, I, I know it was it was tongue in cheek because they had oh. Luchasaurus bully Tony Schiavone into the pin thing. But yeah, I had to like I had to like recount thing uh, of like wait a second did did Christian win? Am thumbnail. I misremembering this? No, look at the thumbnail. He stole a win, but on the 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 yeah, it says score big wins on the title, but it's he stole a win in the uh, the thumbnail. At least I hope I did it that way. I was very tired last night. <laughs> either way, yeah, the Christian thing was that that was to me that was a lot of fun. It was a good match. I love that Edge and Christian both main evented uh, shows on Friday and Saturday. That was fun. Yes, Jr. did mention Edge on AW uh, because he wanted to. I think he, I honestly I think he just wanted to like give his give Edge his flowers, knowing what was going on. So yeah. uh, we'll we'll see. Again, time will tell. But uh, yeah, the, the the episode was just wasn't for me. There was just a lot of like your biggest show ever attendance wise is a is around the corner. It is you're literally taping your Saturday show next week because you have such a huge show coming up on Sunday. Your talent needs to be there on time. And this is what you offered us for your last like live show. It just was not it, it hasn't been a good week for AW in in totality between Dynamite not being that great. The stuff with Cash Wheeler coming out was not great. The stuff with Punk and the, the, all that stuff that came out in the last little while, that doesn't help. And then putting on just, again, there's like your your fan base who watch the shows weekly might not have enjoyed the show. Your fan base that watches the show weekly and follows what's going on in the outside world of your company, probably not super enamored with what's happening. This isn't like a sound the alarm, oh my God, AEW's going down, but it's like, what the hell are you doing? Was it, Were you planning to have shitty a shitty week of television just to get people's minds off of what was going on. Cause if you did great job, great job. I'm not going to talk about punk and I'm not going to talk about cash, but I, I certainly don't really want to talk about collision either because it just wasn't a good show. The Stark stuff made no sense. You can't go out and be like, I got a 30 day suspension. Oh, it's actually been, it's effectively 28 days, but that's cut in half because I've already served half of it somehow. So I'm just, I, I happen to be ready for all out so give me competition oh but i'm also gonna have big bill it's like just what where what's what what what's happening here yeah it's uh it's not balanced well no and the transfer window is closing jeremy and the jaguar season is starting and i'm a little little nervous that the guy who runs the ship is about to be like oh summer's over time it's like uh wily coyote in the roadrunner and then they had the, uh, the, 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 the sheepdog that clocks in and then and everything goes back. This is what we're dealing with. The sheepdog is about to clock out and we're going to be just running in circles. I'm, that's my, like, my number one, like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah, it's, uh, man, that, that collision show was, was very, very skippable. And again, this real world title thing, I was looking forward to it. I thought, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be good stuff right here. Cause you're going to finally get these, the MJF and CM Punk feud. You're finally going to get this program. And I thought it was going to go to all in and it didn't do all in. Now they're still not referencing each other. If they, if they both win at all in, do you do essentially a one week build for all outs? And it'd be more of a one week build because you 
do the whole history, the totality of this feud, which dates back over a year and was arguably the best feud of the year last year. So it's not just strictly one week. All these guys need is an episode of collision and an episode of dynamite to cut promos on each other. Is Punk going to be allowed in the building for dynamite? Is MJF going to be allowed in the building for collision? Um, I guess he's been on it before, but all you need is an episode of collision and dynamite. Let them go promo for promo on those shows. You can build that match in a week. You'd be fine. You probably only need one promo, give them 20 minutes, let them go. And everyone will call it great. And it probably will be great. So it's not like you need this long, extensive build for this, but at the same time, you probably want at least a little bit of a build for it longer than, uh, longer than two episodes of television, even though it is the totality is longer, much like the totality is longer when it comes to some of these all in matches, but you're doing these with just a couple episodes of television. And that's why people are like, Oh, the build hasn't been great because if you don't know all of this history and granted the history between MJF and CM Punk only dates back a year compared to some of this other history, which dates back, over a year which dates back five years and things if you don't know all this history i'd be a little confused by it i'm just confused as a television viewer of this man's got his world title why isn't the world champion being like no and i will add to this why is management in in kayfabe acknowledging this title why are they okay with this being the real? Why isn't anyone you you put Tony on screen this past Wednesday with with MJF and Adam Cole and they did the whole like Tony yelling behind the doors and then you know they open the door and it's like oh we're cool everything's cool best buds. Why wouldn't Tony Khan appear on camera as he does in in kayfabe world two to be like there's a real world's champion he's not the real world's champion our world champion is MJF and we're gonna put a stop to this once and for all. Why are you letting this go? Why are you letting this this title exist in your kayfabe world? Like, make it make sense, and it just doesn't. And again, MJF is not talking about it. He's not being asked about it. He's not referencing it. Yeah, not being not being asked about it. Not being asked about it's a little bit uh, more of my issue than MJF. It kind of pops me that MJF just like completely ignores it. It's like, eh whatever who cares about this stupid title but there was the one week where they were in and i don't know if we talked about this particular talking point but like they had the tag match on on collision and i don't know if we talked about it but like i'll bring it up if we if we did or didn't you had a a full-ass promo from cm punk being like real world champion here's my belt and mjf does nothing and you can argue he was very focused on his tag title match he was going to win that he was so razor focused he didn't have time to think about it well he's had three weeks and he's probably well you may have seen it or at least someone should have drawn his attention to it because i understand you know just like kenny doesn't watch the product in in kayfabe you could do the same thing here but you haven't said that so it's just reached me and then he lost mjf did he got pinned in that tag match I think Dax Harwood kind of feels owed a title shot here. Uh, it's just my thoughts. So remember when Scorpio pinned Jericho, didn't he get a title shot off of that? Was that was it a world eliminator thing? I don't remember. I honestly No, Jericho, it was a tag match. I'll look this up. Uh, oh, a, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think it was right. Jericho's first loss in AEW. It was yeah. the first time he got pinned yeah. in AEW. Um it was a it was a tag team match. Uh, so yeah, he did. He did get a title shot. So it was it was a tag team title match. SCU were the champions 
against Jericho and Sammy. Scorpio pinned Jericho in that yeah. match. And then a couple weeks later, he got a world title match against Chris Jericho. I'm not saying this is precedent or anything, but yeah, usually when you pin the world champion in a match, it sets grounds for a world title match. Dax Harwood being Dax Harwood, he would probably want a world title match. Yeah, and he should get one, and then he should talk about it on a podcast for days. Days yeah. and days, Jeremy. Uh, I love that the, 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 as good as Rampage was, the big news out of AEW this weekend was actually uh, Darby and Sting showing up at the uh, yeah, ruled. WW4A show. That was, that was a very good, very good spot. Very, very cool moment, especially for fans of Sting, because Sting don't show up just anywhere anymore. And for him to show up with Darby and uh, take out AR Fox in his home ring, getting back at the Buddy Wayne stuff from uh, from Dynamite. Uh, or was it Dynamite or Collision? Either way. Was Dynamite. They, Dynamite? Yeah. Well, getting back at him for that was just, I thought that was perfect. I really hope that they show some of the footage or at least had some people, you know, getting good quality stuff uh, to show it. But that was, that was a fun, fun spot. And I'm hoping that it gets some, uh, some love on AW programming. It's good. I mean, it's a complete miss if you did this spot and then didn't. Oh, there's a Tony Khan media call tomorrow at one. Oh, boy. That's it's my day off tomorrow. Yay. <laughs> I try to take Tuesdays off and then Tony Khan's going to do this to me. I'm going to Offspring tomorrow night. God so, bless. Um, I'll do this media call because it Offspring should uh, it should be over by the time that uh, we're, we're getting back to. Um, oh. Sorry, my bad. They did show it on Collision. I had my my head down. I must have. I'm sorry, but yes. Okay, good. Then, then great. Then I'm then honestly, I'm nothing to complain about. I, and I wasn't complaining. I was actually very happy that they did that spot. Sorry, Tony Khan, uh, one o'clock. Yeah, I assume it'll be over by the time I got to leave for this off offspring uh, concert. Hopefully, what song are they going to open with? I don't know. Some forty ones there. I'm more excited for some forty. Oh, that's going to be good. I've offspring. seen some of their live stuff lately. It's good stuff. Uh, and simple plan that that's the the three kind of headbinding acts the triple main event as wwe yeah. would call it this is this is uh some 41's final hurrah they're like we're done yeah at- yeah I'm, I'm more excited for some 41 than offspring if i'm being honest but uh i'm, I'm looking forward to the show regardless it'll be a lot of fun this was uh my birthday present to uh my beautiful wife good i hope you both enjoy because that's a really really fun show i i'm she's I'm very jealous she's gonna enjoy it way more this is like her music up her alley type of thing. It's not that I didn't listen to offspring and some 41. I didn't really listen to a lot of simple plan, but like, you know, her musical taste compared to, to my, she just, she just DM me. I'm very excited. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. yeah. I, I, I would also be, I would love to see offspring. I don't know if I want to see them in, uh, in, in 2023 because Dexter's great, but his voice can only like, it's, it's, it's tough to maintain that for so many years. Dave Mustaine for Megadeth, same thing. I used to give him shit, but anyway, long story short, I hope you guys have a really good time because there is some really fun stuff uh, from those three bands. It's going to be good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Cyclops better than Logan says MJF. Not acknowledging CM Punk fake belt makes CM Punk look like a fool as if he was saying and doing means nothing, not important. I think I kind of agree. Yeah. Honestly, like he's just, he's not going to acknowledge it. And somebody else said they, Oh, maybe this is their way to get, you know, a, a world title on collision. I I also don't fully disagree with that. And this is why I think maybe a harder brand split wouldn't be the worst idea in the world, because then you're not going to confuse people with kind of they're trying to intersect storylines. And sometimes they don't intersect very well, at least if you just have a more hard brand split. 
you don't have to worry about this this kind of stuff um you can just do do what you need to do on your single single show and one one last comment on the the sting stuff because it did rightfully blew up on social media tony khan saying this is the greatest run of sting's career it was great great headline bait by by people great clickbait I don't even want to call it clickbait because it's it's what he said. Um, so I, I will stick with my term of headline bait. Because if you listen to the interview, he does say it's the greatest run of Sting's career. He also says literally seconds before that, he's undefeated in AEW. Tony Khan is talking about a kayfabe just trajectory of Sting's career in that he has not lost in AEW. This is the greatest run because he has not lost in AEW. And of course people are taking this as like oh, the greatest run. What about WCW? What about everything you did here? Everything. And it's like, well, yeah, he wasn't he was undefeated in those co- in those companies. Like he didn't have a run like this in ring win loss record wise in those companies. But people are going to take it, what they want from it. It ruled. I think it's hilarious. Um but how do people is- not Sorry, how do people not think of this in a kayfabe void? Like that was the first thing I said is like, yeah, no, he's right. In his, in his company, yes, he has absolutely built Sting to be like the best right now in like yeah. the silent killer kind of way. And it's good stuff. He also, he said in a, another interview about Sting of like, he's, uh, let me get the exact quote on this. Um, I don't, I, I like to, you know, be exact. I don't want to mess up any quotes, put, put words in people's mouth. Uh, so here it is. Sting has accumulated an undefeated record where, where Sting is in many ways, the most successful wrestler in AEW. So again, he's talking in a kayfabe term. He's undefeated in many ways. He's the most successful wrestler in AEW. Never won a title. Doesn't have a tag title to show for it. Doesn't have a world title to f- show for it. But Tony is talking kayfabe terms of like, yeah, he's the most successful wrestler in AEW because he's undefeated. This is the greatest run of his career because he's undefeated in AEW. That's all Tony's talking about. But you know, bless, bless uh this the news writers and the the quote uh the headline bait articles out there. I've I've taught you well. <laughs> they have. Hey, uh leave a thumbs up by the way. Let's let's get to our raw preview and then we can get out of here. Uh they're in Quebec City tonight. Uh, the WWE Raw. They are. Because they've been in Canada for the last little bit. Okay. So anyway, that was, uh, your accent, whatever oh, that was attempting to be, it's, it's French. I, yeah, I'll say so. I do. Chad Gable versus. Speaking of like the most Canadian person available, right? Chad Gable, very very uh, Canadian. <laughs> anyway, Chad Gable is going to go up against Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. I expect this match to absolutely rule. So uh, I don't know if you have any extra thoughts on that. Yeah, it's going to be great. I imagine Gunther wins. Maybe they do some type of DQ and run it back at at payback. Um, But I think Gunther's breaking the record. I think he's too close at this point to not break the record. But maybe, again, you can extend it a little bit. Gunther, if he gets himself disqualified, and then Gable is like, oh, you know what? I can beat you. And by the time payback rolls around, he'll just be days away from breaking I think he's like a record. day. I think he's a day away at payback. I yeah. think the next day would be the breaking of the record. Right. So you can run this back at payback. This is the last chance to end Gunther's reign before he breaks the record. You have Gable who took him to the limit in that one match because he went past five minutes and Gunther's like, no, no, no. I, I, I got to beat you properly. And then now this tonight, it, it you take him to the limit again, where Gunther's got to, 
find maybe a little cheapest way out or something. Even if it's accidental, even if it's like Ludwig thinks Gunther's about to lose or Vinci, Vinci's the one who's screwing up. Uh, Vinci thinks Gunther's about to lose and he attacks Gable because he's so worried about losing. And Gunther's like, no, not having that. And then Gable's like, I would have beaten you if it wasn't for him. Run it back, pay back, no interference type of gimmick. Kaiser's also screwing up now because he's horny. Yeah. So well, really sure. everyone's screwing up. Cyclops is better than Logan, by the way, with the, the bits over on twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Sting don't lose because I book him never to lose. What an all-time great run. It's true. Listen, it's fine. It's funny. It's 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 exactly what you expect from some, from Tony. Tony's booking in his kayfabe world. This is his vortex to work with. Uh, so anyway, I I think that, yeah, I, I like the idea of Gunter disqualifying himself and then they do a match at payback i don't hate that but it's also kind of similar to how we got to becky and trish in a way so i know that they double dq'd to to prolong the agony but we'll see i i think the the funniest and dickish thing that wwe could do for those who want to see uh gunter break the record is have him go up against cody rhodes at payback and have cody capture the intercontinental championship a day before the record break that's some not that's not gonna legit, happen. It's funny as hell. Legitimately, the funniest thing they can do is you have Gunther win tonight. I think next week is the is next week when they're in Memphis. Uh, Probably and that's the week before. Yeah. yeah, I think next week they're in Memphis. So yeah. Gunther's like yeah. no competition, you know. But I want somebody at payback. Like I, I want somebody at payback. Honky tonk man comes in. He's like, you know, open challenge. This is how I lost my title. You know, I'm I'm not gonna do that to you. I, I'm I'm giving you six days, five days to prepare. Payback, me and you. You show all these great videos of Honky Tonk Man training, like actually training, like taking this really serious. And you you show Gunther not worried about Honky Tonk Man at all. Just like what the fuck is this dude? doing here trying to and then even like the, the imperium guys are like oh you got a longest reigning champion of all time blah blah blah, blah. gunther's like yeah, he's disrespecting me i'm not gonna take that but like i'm not worried about this fucking dude you get to payback and honky tonk man comes charging and gunther just whacks him with a chop and pins him immediately there and is. that's how you get the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time and the crowd goes very confused. Oh, no, the crowd would love that shit. Are you kidding me? Gunther turning this man to smithereens? They don't care. That's all they want to see. That's all you see is just dust and everyone. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> That's all they want to see. New Day versus Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle. Uh, I assume winner is going to end up challenging Kevin and Sammy. I said it once, I said it again. Drew turning on Matt Riddle is not a heel turn. That is very much face turn. Matt Riddle turning on Drew McIntyre. I don't hate that because Riddle is boring as hell right now. But also it leaves Drew McIntyre in a, such a weird and obnoxious predicament. Uh, what do we do here? New Day, I assume, are going to win, right? Uh, maybe. They might just do a Drew and Riddle kind of run type of thing um you know it worked for randy and riddle maybe it'll work here you know mcintyre's spoken about like potential here run thing and he kind of gave the john cena answer and i you know it could be kayfabing maybe he didn't want to do it but he gave the john cena answer of like a lot of kids look up to drew mcintyre i make a lot of rounds when it comes to make a wish and things like that like you know does it make sense to turn me heel when this is a role 
that I fulfill. They got Cody now. Cody is certainly a guy who can fill that role, but it's nice to have options behind Cody and McIntyre is certainly their biggest option behind Cody. I think that's why a Bianca Belair full on heel turn ain't going to work because that's a big role that Bianca fills for the company. I know booking wise. Yes. Drew McIntyre as a heel freshens him up and gives him something new to do. They don't always just look at what's the best creative. They look at these outside factors of merchandise sales, media appearances, things like that. And I believe Drew, when he says, one, it's got to make sense. I understand that. Two, there's reasons not to do it. And a big reason to not do it is I make a lot of the, the media rounds. And if I'm a heel, I can't do that as much. Kmart called me and gave me a lot of money, so I can't actually go heel. You got to stop with these accents. <laughs> I'm not going to do a Shinsuke accent, I'll tell you that much. That's just borderline problematic. Shinsuke reveals what he told to Seth freaking Rollins. Do you think, I think he went into Seth's ear and said, CM Punk is the real world champion. I eat ass. <laughs> That's the only thing it could have been. Jeremy, let's plug this stuff and get on out of here. You can find me eating ass at. Don't give your home address. Don't give your home address. <laughs> Shout out to James and Ryan, Jack Jameson for joining us today. Thank you to Ella J for joining us. The, the wife is sending me a message right now. I'm very scared. I see just the bubbles pop up. <laughs> um. Thank you to Jameson and LJ for, for joining us. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. Follow at fight talk underscore. That's fight over books. We got a bunch of stuff. Uh, more coming on Wednesday. Um, more coming on Wednesday. I got nothing to add. Just follow us here. What? What did I do? <laughs> Drop a thumbs up on the video. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-R-L. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you on Wednesday when we go back in the weeds. Take care.